0: This podcast episode is brought to you by the Outcomes Rocket Network, where you get your healthcare insights from the most inspiring healthcare podcasters.
1: Welcome to the Memora Health Care Delivery Podcast. Through conversations with industry leaders and innovators, we uncover ways to simplify how patients and care teams navigate complex care delivery. Hey, everybody. This is Manav here, founder and CEO of Memorial Health. Really excited to have uh, an interesting guest, Dr. John Chalico from Commonsvert Health on today. John, thanks so much for taking the time.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm John Chalico. I'm uh, internal medicine doctor by training. Um, but uh, I want to say I, was, I started out uh, way back when as a software developer who ended up going to medical school in the 90s, worked for two health IT startups during that time, went on to sort of be uh, get formal training in internal medicine and then biomedical informatics, um, and really been a career chief medical information officer for a number of large health systems around the country. But currently, I am at Common Spirit Health. I am the system chief medical information officer looking at how we are going to change care across our 22 state, 146 hospital, 1500 care setting health system. You know, we are we are definitely growing, one of the largest health systems in the country, and we have the ability to really. Change the way, um, hopefully, we see and how care is delivered in our footprint today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, it really, really interesting background. What was kind of the? It, there aren't a lot of people who have, you know, trained as computer scientists or software developers and then ended up choosing to go into to medicine. Which, for what it's worth, particularly for for CMO role, is is probably perfect. So, what was kind of that decision making process for you? How did you decide that you wanted to go into medicine?
0: You know, I was—I—I I, guess—I um, think we shared the, some similar background. I have many folks in my family that are physicians over the course of time, and I think it was something I always thought about. I actually became an EMT in high school, and uh, and I, I as I sort of got involved in healthcare and healthcare delivery, being someone who's sort of very technically oriented. I definitely saw an ability for technology to make things better and solve many of the problems in healthcare. So it was really that pursuit to sort of improve the status quo that really drove me to a career in uh in, in health IT and clinical informatics. It's uh it's and 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 really it's it's uh no looking back. I mean, we continue to sort of use technology to improve the care we deliver. And I think. You know the the model of of the the first tool that a physician uses to to take care of their their patients is a stethoscope. Has really changed. to sort of the first thing they do is actually roll them to their computer and and use their EHR. And I think that's something of, of a care delivery tool that that can't be you know uh, contended with otherwise.
1: No, that's awesome. That's a, that's fascinating. So you know you've transitioned to to now working for one of the largest health systems in the country and it probably gives you a lot of a very very interesting perspective on the challenges that we face as a healthcare system in 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 the entirety of of the United States but related to that would be helpful to maybe just hear your perspective on what are some of the unique challenges that CommonSpirit spread in particular has with the patients that they see and the footprint that it has given how large of a system that they are and now does that kind of compared to maybe prior experiences that you've had or other systems that you've worked with?
0: Well, I mean, you know, prior to Common Spirit Health, I spent the past 11 years at Northwell Health. Um, and, and combined with training, I was there for 15 years over 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 time. Northwell Health was sort of geographically contained in and around New York City and geographically contained within, you know, you know an hour north and an hour east of New York City. It was geographically contained. The ability for us to sort of get care to where we want to for our communities is, is, was sort of, you know, something that I, I never, I really took, never took for granted. Like when you think critical access in New York City, you think of a Bellevue hospital, which is like an 800-bed hospital, or you think of a, a county hospital like Nassau University Medical Center, which is, you know, behemoths of hospitals. Common Spirit Health really wants to take care of patients where they are in all parts of the country and p- people that otherwise have been marginalized. For instance, a critical access hospital in the, the Midwest may be a 10 bed hospital <laughs> that's critical access that no other hospital, there's no other hospital for a 400 mile rate, for maybe for another 400 miles. It, it, it is it is an amazing to see that the the, the the sort of care deserts, as you kind of maybe call it, in, in the country, and the ability for us to sort of deliver care and the same quality of care as we do to some of our academically oriented tertiary quaternary care centers is key. And I think it really kind of comes down to not just, you know, the delivery of care for, you know, the basic chronic kind of care and, and everything else, but, you know, how do we bring clinical trials to those folks? How do we bring you know, um, advanced technology to those folks, and that's really, I think, the ability for us to harness technology to really get to those patients that otherwise don't have easy access to care. I mean, again, going back to New York, I mean, every if uh, it, you know, there's everything you just throw throw a stone, you get another Ivy League grade medical center, and you know, it, it, we kind of take that for granted in in some of the larger metropolitan areas. But I mean, the ability for for that and, and be able to sort of look at the population of folks all across the country and in so many different markets really has ability to us to see sort of a you know in a microcosms in the markets but on a macro level how we you can harness this that that footprint
1: yeah no absolutely and maybe related to that clicking into a little bit of uh, the work that you've done at common spirit what are some of the big areas that you're investing in and and places where you're spending your time particularly in the digital landscape right
0: now i think we are looking for Places where, um, you know, we at, at the system level can improve the things for the lives of our providers and our patients in, in the divisions. We can we can do things like create connection centers um, that allow you know providers to to utilize you know the 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 you know take take work out of the providers' hands that are in the clinics or in the office or in the in the hospitals. The ability to sort of do that work a national level has the ability for us to build infrastructure that supports many different hospitals and many different clinics across the organization. We can just manage things on a, on a global level for referrals, for instance, um, how a patient leaves and says, hey, you need to see your gastroenterologist and your cardiologist and have the ability for not the office staff to be responsible, but the doctor to be responsible, to take that burden off of the 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 providers and let them do what they need to do to take care of patients but not worry about the pre-authorization the pre-visit testing or whatever else that needs to happen prior to that next visit but have them do the right things make the right decisions for their patients and be able to sort of you know operationalize that for them and not have them burdened with worrying about getting it done I think the ability for us to do that on a system level is really kind of you know where where we are going to create some systemness. Um, you know, common spirit health is just sort of forming, in the sense that you know we really want to be you know uh, best of class uh, integrated delivery network across the country over you know, across twenty two states, and, and unless we create that systemness and the ability to sort of harness that, you know we're never going to sort of you know really ha- have the ability to shift you know some of the some of the costs also outside of of, of the market. So that's I think that's the dynamic and. And you know, without that footprint, we wouldn't be able to sort of prove that out. And that's the exciting part about what we're doing in this our size.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and the flip side of that though is, you know, I'm sure that one of the biggest challenges that you have to deal with every single day is how to prioritize the the reality of being a part of the C-suite for 11 figure revenue health system is is probably not easy by any means. So what's kind of the framework that you use for for figuring out how to spend your time and how to prioritize? And and maybe some of the added context that I'll share there, at least from our perspective at Memora is that, you know, it feels as if healthcare is going through this, this massive transformation of, you know, moving out of the traditional healthcare setting and moving out of the walls of the hospital and out of the walls of the clinic. And, related to that, there's all of this new infrastructure that has to be put in place to be able to manage and support patients effectively. Where do you figure out where to start and how do you figure out what to put at the top of your list in the midst of probably
0: hundreds of things that you get asked to prioritize every single day? Well, definitely in the technology arena, there's a lot of bright, shiny objects. (laughs) There are a lot of things that sound cool, could really maybe change the way we deliver healthcare, but ultimately we need to make sure that we're solving the problems that we are currently have. You know, are we currently having problems with staffing shortages on the nursing and the physician side or the, or you know, provider side? Are we, are we, you know, how do we, how do we find technology to improve that? Um, are we, are we having a hard time with, you know, making connections with our patients as they move along their care journey? And how do we kind of, you know, make that so the patients? want to stay within our health system and continue to, to drive folks um, within our facilities. So, you know, when I look to sort of prioritize things, I look to sort of solve the problems that we currently have and that the board wants to sort of solve um, uh, at a whole. And I think that's really the drivers that's help us prioritize what we need to do. I mean, all in all, I think there is also sort of a fiduciary responsibility to make sure that we're doing these things, that they sort of, you know, continue to help us you know, provide the revenue that helps us drive the mission of the health system. And I think those are all the drivers that help us sort of prioritize, you know, what we need to do uh, at a global level.
1: Makes a lot of sense. And, you know, maybe related to that, I think one of the things sitting on, you know, the other side of the table and and being a part of a, a digital health company is that we spend a lot of the first couple of years of Memora trying to figure out who are the right stakeholders for us in large health systems. Who are the people who are going to be executive champions? Who do we need to get to know on the ground? Who do we make sure we're consistently reporting out to, things like that. And it feels as if, you know, a lot of digital health companies go through that, that kind of discovery process and go through that evolution. And it's one thing that I know we struggled with a lot is how to think about CMIOs and if we should be thinking about them as technical stakeholders, if we should be thinking about them as clinical stakeholders, we should be thinking about them as neither. Uh, what's your perspective on that? If you're, let's say, advising a, an early stage digital health company, or if you're advising people outside the industry looking in, how should they be thinking about what the title CMIO really means?
0: Yeah, I I, I wouldn't take it to sort of the title being the the end all, say all. It really is not all. I mean, I want to say that the title CMIO is not all CMIOs are the same. Some are, have a much more technical bend and some have much more of a clinical bend. Some of them have more of a bend towards the business. And over time, I think, you know, a CMIO in general has sort of moved from being somebody who's sort of very much into the implementation and optimization of the EHR, obviously the physician for the physicians, as we used to call it, to someone who's really acting as a player for um, how are we going to improve care how are we going to help the our senior leaders and our board deliver on what they need to do for the mission and vision of our health system and to that end really you know how do we sort of serve all of the providers in our health system how do we serve all the patients that come to our health system and you know how do we kind of also help the business and and, and the operations of our health system so i think that dynamic of different things so as to answer your question i think you know it's not a one size fit all answer i think some CMIOs will help you significantly on the technical bend. Um I was a technical person, I'm always sort of uh, that uh through and throughout. So I understand the technology, I understand the underpinnings of of how um the technology works, but as as well as I'm, I'm a practicing clinician and I kind of understand how that goes. So I'm very much sort of the translator and have the ability to sort of kind of live in those two worlds. And I think that's that's something that I've learned over time. So, you know, I think that same thing, like, you know, not too, no two CMOs are the same, no two CMIOs are the same, <laughs> no two, you know, COOs are the same or CFOs. Everyone kind of is, is sort of part of a larger team that, that, that makes it all happen together. And I think that's probably my, it's, uh, to, to answer your question, I think it's, it's, uh, it's a not one size fits all um, approach. Yeah.
1: Uh, what's kind of your breakdown of how you choose to practice versus how much of your time is, is more executive level?
0: It changes over time when I was sort of the the local person and the local um, CMIO for the hospital. And I was, you know, working within the four walls of, you know, going upstairs to see patients and sitting in the boardroom later in the afternoon. I think on a system level, I think I find myself sort of, you know, being a little bit more remote uh, in the sense that, you know, visiting different markets and understanding what we're doing in different markets. um, It really has changed sort of the dynamic. I've always spent about 10 to 20% in care uh, over the course of my time as a CMIO. and uh and i think as, as sort of as, as i progressed i'm sort of leaning more on my experience as a care provider and really helping that drive what i what i'm doing but i think every one every bit of me wants to continue uh, kind of a practice irregardless of of where i am in sort of the, the economies i'll still sort of hold on to that um it's probably more for my own psyche than anything else
1: yeah, absolutely and and as somebody who has a, a handful of close friends and family who all practice medicine. And it really makes sense. It's a lot of it is, you know, people choose to go into into the field and people choose to to work in healthcare because of the proximity and connectivity to patients. And it completely makes sense that's so something that you, that you, you don't know,
0: want to And in clinical care, you 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 really kind of are distant from what's happening at the front lines. You also sort of have a credibility that you have to sort of understand with your providers. And for me, I think that's very, very much paramount. But you know, as I see some, you know, we can't do it without proper, you know, uh, management and, and, and staffing and 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 other, you know, uh, other folks that we have in operations in the health system. And I think everyone kind of serves that a different role in sort of creating the, a working, functioning health system. I think that's where I've sort of learned, just I've learned over time. You know, that every everyone sort of brings something to the table. And I think whether it's our clinicians or our staff or our providers or administrators, it's it's all it's all sort of a a team effort that really kind of gets to bring things to the table for our patients.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you obviously have experience on the technology side and and have a, a technical background and have now spent a lot of time in healthcare. As you think a little bit about, you know, the moment that healthcare is having as an industry. What are some of the other industries that you look to for inspiration or, or, you know, are there particular types of organizations that you really admire that you think give healthcare a really good model for understanding how it should be navigating all the change that's happening regulatory-wise, technology-wise, care delivery-wise? I think
0: if you can open up your smartphone and look at the the top six top used best used apps that you have you know the amazons the ubers the you know uh you know whatever your banking apps your banking industry i mean a lot of the you know even social media i think we have a lot to learn in healthcare from how people are getting used to interacting with everything else that they do in their lives um, your expectation is to have a fully functioning interaction with your driver your supermarket, your package, your your Amazon, uh, any uh, vendor, or even, um, you know, your interaction with your banking is all done at sort of at, in your hands, in your in your thing at any time of day. And I think that is really a goal it is the goal is the ability for you to sort of feel in touch with your healthcare provider as as you are with many of these other entities without ever interacting with a person, even though there are people behind the scenes sort of getting a lot of that done. And I think that is a place where I think, you know, I look to say, hey, why can't we deliver the same way some other industries are delivering? Now, healthcare is a lot different than a lot of these other things, and we're not delivering packages. We're delivering care, and it's obviously a lot more high-touch than some of these other things. But there's a lot of work to be done to improve the lives and the care that we deliver for our patients when they're not in front of us. And I think that's the ability to do that while they're not in front of us is key.
1: Yeah, 100%. Cool. Just last question I'll ask you is related to that. There's so much that has to happen. And at times that's super energizing. And at other times it's daunting to think about how much change needs to happen in healthcare. What kind of keeps you going? You know, what excites you the most about where the industry is at right now? What excites you the most about just being six months in, in this role, a common spirit excites you the most about, you know, how much has changed in terms of just Technology adoption over the past several years in healthcare?
0: Uh, I think we're sort of just at the precipice of really seeing how we're going to change care in this in this country. I think we're we're getting we're getting to a tipping point where, you know, COVID has proven to us that we have the ability to do some of the things that we always wanted to do. You know, payers are getting a lot more aligned for us to sort of, you know, support these care models and the ability for us to work together with the rest of the sort of the healthcare ecosystem to provide the best care for our patients is something that you know keeps me, up, uh, keeps me up and gets me excited every day. I mean, the ability again to do this across such a large footprint in Common Spirit Health allows us to sort of prove it out in some markets and, and where it totally makes sense today uh, from a relationship with our payers and other things. And the ability for us to sort of translate that and look at it in some of the other markets um, is, is gonna be very exciting. And that's really, um, you know, I definitely, you know, when I say I started to do this because I want to make healthcare better, I think this is sort of now, and we have the foundational place of things in place like ubiquitous EHRs, access to our data, you know, all of the, the, the rudiments of technology and standardization between our vendors, all of these things have kind of come to a perfect storm for us to sort of really kind of you know, really kind of act on all of the foundational things that have been put in place in health IT and informatics over the course of the past 20 years.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. And I think one of the things for me is that the past two and a half, three years in particular, they have very much changed the tone in how much pressure is applied to leaders in healthcare to understand how much actually needs to change if we're going to turn around our healthcare systems and it feels as if now compared to at any point in time that, that I've been running Memora or any point in time that I've had proximity to the healthcare system, that that very, very much is starting to show in how people choose to make decisions and, and people being very invested in figuring out how do we take these businesses that are incredibly, incredibly challenging to run and historically have had you know unfavorable economics and figure out ways to really modernize and, and entirely change the experience of what healthcare looks and feels like. So it's wonderful to hear your perspective, John. You know, really, really appreciate you coming on and, and excited to see all of the wonderful things that you're able to do in the new role at common Thank
0: you very much for having me. Look forward to future conversations.
1: Thanks for listening to the Memora Health Care Delivery Podcast. For more ideas on simplifying complex care for care teams and patients, visit memorahealth.com.